I'd love to start before I jump into my message. I want you to think maybe you've, you've been with a group of people before and you've asked this question, kind of a good little icebreaker question. But if you could have any superpower, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? And I want you just to share that with each other. Just think about what your superpower is that you could have. Find somebody you're sitting next to, someone close to you, and share what that superpower would be. All right, so go ahead. Just shout out some of them. What, what are some popular superpowers? All right, invisibility. How many people want to be invisible? All right. All right, for, anybody else? What's another one? Flying. All right, who wants to fly? Who wants to be Superman? Yeah, everybody wants to fly. All right, one more. What's another? What's that? Super strength? Super strength. Superman. All right. If I could have any superpower, this is what I would want to be. I would want to be unoffendable man. There it is right there. I know most of you are thinking, you oh. He's already struggling. I know many of you are thinking University of Michigan right here. Who is a superpower over Ohio State University? Can I get an amen? Ow! And who's fighting for the Big Ten Championship later this evening? But no, it's not University of Michigan. This is unoffendable man. Can you imagine if you could be criticized, if you could be judged, if you could be let down, if you could be ignored, if you could be rejected, and it wouldn't bother you one bit. I tell you what, that's a superpower. Can you even think about, seriously, how much power would it take to be able to be like that? To not be offended. But if you had that ability, can you imagine how powerful your witness would be to this world today? <laughs> because everybody is so easily offended. And then, can you imagine the peace? Imagine the peace that would be in your soul if no matter what anybody else thought about you or whatever they did to you, inside your soul, you could be unoffended. Well, this is the sentiment. I looked up the synonyms for offended. Here's the words. Angry, exasperated, outraged, annoyed, provoked, put out, upset, and hurt. So can I tell you, if somebody does criticize you, lets you down, come against you in any way, if those are the things that actually come out of you when someone offends you, then you're offendable. <laughs> You are offendable. And I, as I thought about this, I really think there's two main categories of, of when, when we get offended. On one hand, it's anger. And Derek hit that a couple weeks ago. When we get offended, we get angry. An outburst of anger can come out of us. But I know on the other side, sometimes when you get offended, you're, you're not necessarily a person who likes conflict or you don't like to get angry. So you put up a wall instead. <laughs> and now you, 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 you withdraw from people who've offended you. And you just don't want to have anything to do with them. Think about this. As followers of Christ, because both those things, when you're offendable, if you burst out in anger, if you take the evil or whatever that was done to you and just dish it right back, 
Or if you're the flip side and you put a wall and you don't want anything to do with those people, both of those things, you guys, are relationship killers. They're relationship killers. And as followers of Christ, we're supposed to be relationship builders. (laughs) That's what we do as followers of Jesus. Unity is the hallmark of the true Christian faith. And man, I want to tell you, this studying what it means to actually be unoffendable is fascinating because it is a supernatural power. And, I, and so I've been constantly thinking about myself. And then just Thanksgiving morning, right? Thanksgiving morning, the day when we're all just going to, everything's going to be wonderful and happy. One of my kids did something that I didn't think they should do to their mother. And I'm the one who got offended, <laughs> And so I'm blowing up and I'm, I'm raging in and I'm just, I'm, I'm blistering and we're coming back and I go back to the kitchen and it still goes on and I come out and I do it again. You know why? Because we're parents and the Bible says honor and respect your father and mother. Right? I'm offended. And one of my other kids comes in and just says, um, hey guys, you might want to chill a little bit. I went in the room and immediately, and Susie even said it, she goes, I am not acting unoffendable. It happens just like that. I remember years ago being in a situation where I had the opportunity just to be around a bunch of different Christian leaders, and it was fascinating to me. I just, I had never felt more invisible. I had a superpower that time, (laughs) but it was not one that I was looking for. Actually standing around, right, with groups of people, and them never even acknowledging that you're actually standing there in your presence or engaging you in the conversation at all. That happens when that happens to you, and then, man, I remember what, I just withdrew from the whole situation. So sometimes we're angry, sometimes we withdraw. But here's what I want to tell you today. This is what's fascinating, is that you can be, and you're called to be, unoffendable. You and I can be, and we are actually called to be, unoffendable. And that would be supernaturally powerful. So let me just pray for us before we come in here. Father, I'll be honest with you. I think as humans, we've so embraced this natural response to being offended that we don't think it's really possible. And so God, I wanna ask you, I'm just asking that tonight, that your word would be alive and active that your Holy Spirit that we sang about and your presence that's in this room, that you might surprise us with grace, that you might reveal things in our own hearts, that your truth would encourage us to live the life that you've called us to live. And I pray for that. I do, God, just, just meet us here tonight. That's why we're here. We're here to worship you, to put you above all things, and then to hear from you And then, as you told us, Jesus, whatever we hear from you, we're going to go do it. We're not just here to learn stuff. We're here to follow you. Because your way is good. So would you do something supernatural even tonight? And I pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, what's interesting is anger and outrage and being annoyed, provoked, put out, or hurt. These things, when when those emotions happen to us, they're actually, they are gifts from God. Uh, Derek did a good illustration two weeks ago that they are the dash lights that come up on our life. And, and again, I've, I am super grateful for dash, the, the warning lights that come up on my car to let me know something's wrong under the hood. 
So we can just know that when we respond this way, God is actually being gracious to us and just helping us to see, hey, this is actually what's inside of you. You're acting very human. <laughs> By the way, this is so human. <laughs> but we're actually called to be godly. We're children of God. We're born in the spirit of God. So we don't actually have to maintain this humanness, okay? So here's the deal. Pride is the kryptonite <laughs> to being unoffendable. Right? Superman has his superpowers, but kryptonite comes in and he just wilts. And if you and I are trying to be unoffendable, but you can't do it, it's almost always pride. Pride is the kryptonite. The definition of pride is that it's a high or inordinate, inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit, or superiority. And really, all offense, when we're be offended, when we're being offended, it's because of how we see ourselves, it's our pride. So when someone offends, offends you, what we feel is, wait a second, you're devaluing me. You're, you're actually insulting me, and I feel less. You make me feel less than what I, how I see myself. You're bringing me down, and I don't feel honored. You're not treating me as I deserve. And so, you guys, when, we, when we're living a life that's full of saying things like, hey, this is, it's my position, it's my right, it's my way, and, you don't see, and when you don't see me that way, then you take that, you take away my value. This, this is what's crazy about being offendable, you guys. Here's what's crazy. When you are offendable, you have no power. You have no power in this state. The other person actually holds all the power over you. And it's crazy that they can do something, say something offensive to you, and you can lose all dignity, all peace, all glory. So you're powerless in that situation. So when we're full of this pride, when we need to be something, and somebody else actually can take it away from us, that they have the power to threaten our life, Jesus is saying, I can help you with that. So here's the secret to being unoffendable, right? So there's a secret. You guys, does anybody else love these Liberty Mutual commercials right now? The emu guy. I mean, I, and this new one with the spider. How many of you guys have seen the emu, uh, the, the Liberty commercial with the spider, right? Where he's, he, and what's he doing? He knows that Spider-Man has a superpower and he believes that the secret to it is getting bit by a spider. So he allows himself to get bit. Oh man, if you haven't seen this commercial, YouTube it tonight. It is hilarious. Well, here's Jesus. He actually holds the superpower of being unoffendable. But the secret is humility. The secret is humility. So, you and I not only can be unoffendable, we're called to be unoffendable. So I'm going to go over two things tonight. I'm going to tell you why. Why are we called to be unoffendable? And then we'll get into how. Okay, and I have four things through the passage that we're going to look at tonight. Four applications of how we can apply these things and actually become unoffendable. The people could come at us, bring us down, and instead we don't respond in kind. Unbelievable. So it's 1 Peter, you guys. If you have your Bibles, you, know, you can look at that. The, the verses will be up on your screen. 
It's interesting, I'm, I'm doing First Peter on my own personal time right now, and the truth is the whole book, the whole book is all about this. These people that Peter's writing, they are being persecuted for their Christian faith. They are being insulted. It is dangerous. They are coming after them all the time. And in the midst of that setting, and I'm like, I'm not even close to that setting. <laughs> He's telling them, you can be unoffendable. So I'm going to unpack here 1 Peter chapter 2, starting with verse 21. He starts off and he says, to this you were called. Now there's a particular thing that I'm going to get to later that to this you were called. But in, in essence, the whole book is saying you're called to be unoffendable. To have this essence of humility inside of you that gives you the power to do that. But here it is. You were called to this because Christ suffered for you. Leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. Look at this. When they hurled their insult at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for what's right. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. All right? So straight from God to us tonight. Why are we called to be unoffendable? And it's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. Point blank. Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. You guys, this is, Jesus is amazing when you read the scripture. He is unoffendable. That was very, he is unoffendable man. In his essence, that's who he is. He didn't retaliate. He made no threats. He entrusted himself to him who judges justly. So, if you find yourself as someone who is easily offended, who bursts up in anger, who gets hurt, when, you, when criticism happens, it crushes your spirit. If that's your response at all, Jesus is saying, but I'm the unoffendable man. So why does he call us to be this? Because he suffered for us. Okay, let me just tell you something that's true about you. It's true about me. It's true about all of us. But no one has offended God more than you. No one has offended God more than you. You have ignored him. You have rejected him. You've told him no over and over again to certain things that you know he's told you to do. You've done things that are absolutely offensive to him. You've devalued him. He is God, and yet you don't treat him as he deserves. How many of you fall into that boat? <clears throat> okay, you all do. You're like, now you're lying, so now add another one, okay, to your list. And here's what's crazy. You offend him all the time. So do I. And instead of retaliating with anger and judgment and revenge, 1 Peter 2.24 
Jesus instead bears him our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. So Jesus, by the way, guys, God feels. Scripture is very clear that we can actually please God. God, the, the Bible actually says that God gets angry. So there is emotion in God, and that's why we're created in his image, and that's why we have it too. And what's crazy is Jesus actually suffered the pain for your sin. But instead of making you pay for it, right, because that's what we do, when somebody does something to us and we get offended, we're like, battle on. Now you're going to pay for it, you're going to come back. Jesus, instead of making you pay for it, he took it, he took your offense into himself from you. And instead of retaliating, he forgave it. And he took it away completely. The cycle, there's a cycle here, right? With offense. You offend me, oh yeah, well then I'll do this to you, well then I'll do this to you. And Jesus took yours and he stopped it by taking it into his body and forgiving you instead. You Come on, man. If you're ever actually going to be unoffendable, you first thing you have to do is realize that you didn't get what you deserved when you were offending God. You got his grace and his mercy and his love, and he poured it into your heart. He laid down his right as a holy God to punish you and instead gave you life. And I just want to tell you, when that reality hits you, when that reality hits you, it is the most humbling thing on the planet. There's no more pride with look at me and how good I am and God should give, no man, it, you are humbled. And if humility is the secret to the superpower of being offended, then why we're called to be it is because you received it. Don't forget how God treated you. And in that humility, you'll find the power to be able to be unoffendable to another. Now, what you've received, he says, now you're called to give it to others, right? Because he said he left an example so that we would follow in his steps. So now we sit there and we go, okay, I'm called to be unoffendable because Jesus was unoffendable with me. Now, how do I do it? Let's go to that. How can we be unoffendable? Well, here's what I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna tell you that you're able. You are actually able to do this. And I, by the way, I'll share you at the end of the message. This actually works. I used this this morning, okay? Because I was offended again. <laughs> this works. Okay, the A is you got to arm yourself. The B is you got to bless yourself. That's an interesting one. Then you have to lower yourself. Then you got to entrust yourself. And you can remember there's arm, bless, lower, and entrust. You are able. You can be and are called to be unoffendable. Let's look at this. The A is you have to arm yourself if you're going to be able to be like this with your spouse, with your kids, with coworkers, with people who think differently than you. You must arm yourself with the mind of Christ. Okay? 1 Peter 4.1. In this letter, here's what he says. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, 
arm yourselves also with the same way of thinking. Because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. So again, let me just, with sin, okay? You guys know, anger, outbursts of anger, resentment, bitterness, all of those things are not of the kingdom of God. They're sin. Withdrawing from somebody, putting up walls, and not forgiving, and not wanting to have anything to do with people, that's sin, you guys. We can actually be done, as the verse said, done with sin, but we must arm ourselves. Now, isn't that interesting? Because that means there's a battle going on. (laughs) Again, we just did this winning the war in your mind. (laughs) We did that whole series, and here it is again. To be unoffendable, it starts with arming yourselves with the same way of thinking. So we have to think, we have to have the same mind as Jesus. And somehow, he can actually arm us with the spiritual power, again, to win in this battle. Now let me just tell you something that's super important if you're a Christian here. And this is what's so cool. So if you're not, if you're here and you're visiting and you're wondering about what the whole Christian faith is about, and, and we, the first thing I want you to understand as followers of Jesus is that the Bible tells us we have the mind of Christ. We, we already have it. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And in this passage, Paul's talking about the deep things of God. He's talking about the mysteries of God. He's talking about the wisdom that comes from heaven. And he's been talking about the cross. And somehow, Jesus, dying on the cross, laying down his life so that other people can live, suffering himself so that other people can live. He goes, that is the wisdom from God. And he goes, and nobody can get that unless the Spirit of God actually comes inside of you. And then he says, but if you're a follower of Jesus, you have received the Spirit. And then he point blank says, you have the mind of Christ because you, Jesus, is living in you. So we can arm ourselves, you guys. We can think the same way that he does. So what did Jesus know? What was he thinking? What was inside his mind when everybody was spitting on him and insulting him and rejecting him and threatening him and eventually crucifying him? What was going on in here? Here's, here it is at its core. Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew who he was. He, it, why would it be impossible for Jesus to be offended? Because he knew he was the son of God. He just knew it. And so no one could make him less than that. No one, you guys, no one could actually look at Jesus and go, you're not the son of God. You're, right? They even called him the, the son of Beelzebub. They're like, they put all these other things on him. And Jesus didn't go, he didn't get all offended when people did that. Why not? Because he knew who he was. So it didn't matter what they thought. It doesn't matter what you think. Or what anyone thinks, he is the son of God, he is the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords, and he knows that. So, so Randy, you, gotta, you, you know what, I, I just want to tell you, I really hate that pink shirt you're wearing. It's, uh, yeah, it's a new shade. <laughs> See, now here's the reality. If I tell Randy I hate his pink shirt, he did look down just to make sure he wasn't wearing pink, by the way. <laughs> No, but he could come back at me and he could say what? My shirt isn't pink. 
And I go, yes it is, and I think it's ugly. If, if you were literally wearing a dark blue shirt and someone came up to you and said, man, I hate your pink shirt, you'd be like, I'm not wearing a pink shirt. Yes, you are, and I think it's ugly. Well, you can think whatever you want, <laughs> but I'm not wearing a pink shirt. You guys, this is how at our core, we have to know who we are, what Rachel talked about last week. Because if somebody wants to cut you down and put you down and make you and belittle you and say you're not as important however they're trying to offend you, when you know, here's, because who are you? Who are you? Number one, the Bible tells you, you are a creation of God's. Wonderfully, beautifully made by God himself. So when somebody looks at you and doesn't like how you're made, you're like, I am beautifully and wonderfully made. (laughs) Doesn't matter what you think, it's what he thinks. And then, if you're a child of God, and somebody wants to tell you or make you feel less, you can say, man, I am a dearly loved child of God, totally forgiven, valuable, precious to him. I am so precious precious that he purchased me with his life. I belong to him. He chose me. He rescued me. He purchased me. He made me his child. He's given me to the king of kings. I tell you what, this, you guys, this is what we got to know. And once you know that, once you arm yourself with the mind of Christ, then when people try to say something different about you or make you feel less, and this is not easy, right? We just did this war in the mind, and battling the war, winning the war in your mind. It is not a quick fix. Go back to that series and watch it and keep working to think about what is true about who you are, okay? Now, once you know why and you, you arm yourself with the mind of Christ, now, in the next three things, Jesus says, and this is how I think about things. Let's look at these. Because you can and are called to be unoffendable. And this is, gets super practical. What's the B? You bless yourself. Now, you guys are probably going, I thought we weren't supposed to be about ourselves, Right? But look at this. 1 Peter 3, 8, and 9. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called, again, so that you may inherit a blessing. What's God telling you? Here's what he's telling you. You can't live a blessed life unless you bless others. If you want the blessed life that God has for you, then the way you get it is by blessing others. If you get ridiculed and you ridicule back, if you get cut down and you cut back, if you get ignored and then you go, fine, then I'll just ignore you. If you do that, you guys, you are are just continuing the cycle of evil. There will be no blessing. There will just be more of the same. If you ever actually want to have the blessed life, the only way it's gonna happen is that when you're offended, instead of retaliating, you bless the person. You know what that means? The word bless means to speak well of. 
So here's somebody who's obviously done, they've spoken somehow negatively to you, and instead you lift them up. To bless means you lift someone up and you honor them. Come on, man. That is hard. But that's the way of Jesus. So we think like Jesus, and because what he did is blessed us. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. I don't have time to read it, but it says we have every spiritual blessing in Christ. So when somebody comes at us and, 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 and insults us, instead we can respond because we can say, oh, but I know, I, I understand what you're like. I totally was like that too. But when I totally offended Jesus that way, he responded and gave me blessing instead. So I'm gonna bless you. So you can speak well of them or you can do good to them. The word means to cause them to prosper and make them happy. And you guys, how in the world do I do that? You remember that this is what Jesus did for you. And then you bless him, okay? You are able, you are called, and you can be unoffendable by blessing other people instead. The L, if you're able, is to lower yourself. So you arm yourself with the mind of Christ, you think like him, and then you bless other people, and that ends up blessing you, and then you lower yourself. When it said, to this you were called, in that verse that I shared with you, it's right in the middle. Let me just, let me just show you what, you what he says you were called to. Chapter two, verse 13 says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. Submit yourselves. That's your lower yourself. Chapter two, verse 18, slaves, because they still had a slave culture then. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters. Right after this passage, chapter three, verse one, wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands. And gals don't get too excited because then in verse seven, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Consider them, not yourself, and treat them with respect in the same way. Verse, chapter five, verse three, elders in the church, Don't lord it over people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And then verse five, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. And then verse five, all of you, all of you. It's like like Peter's going, okay, if if you didn't fall in one of those categories, let me just say this. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. How can you and I be unoffendable? We have the mind of Jesus, and like Jesus, we choose to submit to the other person. That word submit simply means to put under, to arrange under. So literally, it's like we can say, hey, I'm so sorry, but I can't be offended because I'm not living for my own way. When you're living for your way, guess what? You can get offended really easily. But when you're living for the other person's way, I don't need that accolade or that position or, that, or things to go my way because I'm actually living to bless you. I'm living to honor you, not me. Do you guys see how this works? Do you see how you need supernatural, unoffendable man to come inside you to empower you to do this? Well, look at this, Philippians chapter two. Such a classic passage. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. 
If in your relationships with one another have the same mindset, there it is again, arm yourself with the mind of Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he emptied himself by taking the very nature of a servant, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You guys, the Savior of the world who brought the way of heaven to earth and the way of Jesus is to empty ourselves and be filled with him. And then you can consider others' interests above your own. You can lower yourself, put other people above you, and the power is in that, in the submission to not being able to be offended. And then the last thing, able, is E, and that is you entrust yourself to God. You entrust yourself to God. 1 Peter 2, 23, when they hurled their insults at Jesus, he didn't retaliate, and when he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. The word entrust means to give or deliver over into the hands of another person to take care of it. I give you this to take care of it. And what Jesus did is, Father, I give you my life to take care of it. And he knew he could trust the Father to take care of his life because he knew the Father loved him and he knew that he judges justly. And so for us, when it looks like everything around us, people are against us, it isn't going my way, and I feel offended, then what you do is you go, Jesus... I entrust my life to you because you judge justly, because you love me, because you care for me. In 1 Peter 5, at the end, it said this, God resists the proud, (laughs) those of us who are fighting for our way and getting easily offended, he resists the proud, but he gives grace, help to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. Unoffendable man. What's that look like? You can't bring me down because my life is in God's mighty hand. And I'm trusting him, so I don't need you. I don't have to think about me because God is thinking about me. He's caring for me. I don't have to defend myself because God is my defender. And I can trust him with my life. You can be, and you are called to be, unoffendable. So what's your application I just want you to stop and think about this for a second. For some of you, it might be to to think, go back to this point and go, now why, but why do I have to be unoffendable? The most important thing for you tonight might be to remember, we're gonna take communion here just for a second. If you 
are offended easily, the first and most important thing for you to have the power to not do that is to remember that God called me to be unoffendable, to treat others the way that he treated me. Remember how offensive you were and how he did things for you. And then for some of you, you need to continue, you need to go back and just and, and dive into our winning the war in your mind again. And you need to have the mind of Christ. You need to think like Jesus did. And you need to know that you are a child of God so that nobody can t- demean you. You know your identity and you know who you are. For some of you tonight, your deal is you know there's somebody you're supposed to bless. There's somebody right now who's offended you And the Holy Spirit has said, you need to shock them by instead of returning with the the same type of words, bless them. And then maybe it's submit. Maybe you've been fighting for your way and you're so angry because they won't do it how you want to do it. And you've just heard over and over again in this passage, be like me, think like me, and consider the other person more than you're thinking about yourself and submit. That's the wisdom of the kingdom of God. And it's what unifies and brings us together. So as the band comes up and we prepare, we're going to take communion together. And this is where we entrust ourselves to God. I entrust my life. You know what, you guys? It is, at least for me, when I do get offended, whether I'm getting angry or whether, I have one, thank you. Whether I'm, whether I'm angry or whether I'm pulling away from people and building up walls because of how they treated me. I, I know this, that God is actually calling me to something higher. And that I have the ability to do that through him. And I will say, seriously, this morning, just in my own, in my own day, I woke up and something else had happened to me and I found myself all wild inside. I was just, and so I'm sitting there going, okay, does this message work or is this just another message where you just go home and go, well, you know, I went to church and notched my belt. So I sat there and I went through the whole thing that was ticking me off and made me hurt inside. And I just started applying this very thing. Now, why am I going to be different? Because of what Jesus, I am not going to treat this person in a way differently than how Jesus treated me. I accepted the calling. And then I armed myself with the mind of Christ. I'm good. I know this person may think this about me, but I'm good. I am a child of God. And then all I could think of is, you know what? And then I'm going to bless them. (laughs) I'm just going to freak them out. And I'm going to honor them instead. And I'm also going to learn if there's anything that I can learn and submit myself to them. And I'm going to trust God with my life and not this person and what they think. I want to tell you, I went through it a little longer than that. But if you will consider the fact that you are able to do this and think these things through and then do it, actually bless them. Don't think about it. Bless them. Actually submit. And right now, as we take communion, let's entrust our lives to God. Okay? So if you haven't used these before, there's a fine little layer on the top that you peel back to get out this wafer. 
You guys, Jesus, here's, here we go right here. This is the way to be unoffendable. Jesus says, hey, when you offended me, when you wanted nothing to do with me, when you sinned consistently against me, he goes, just the right time for me to love you. That's when I loved you. And I laid down my life for you. So remember me. Remember me. This is my body broken for you. I loved you. And I still do. And here's the cool thing. The body of Christ rose from the grave and he's living right now in you. So when you take and eat this, remember you're taking in the one who laid down his life for you, who is an offendable man. And now we'll give you the power to do the same thing. Let's take and eat in remembrance of Jesus. And then here's the greatest news. For any time you've offended somebody or any time you got offended, for every time you, like me, had an outburst of anger towards your kids or towards anybody else, when you criticized them because they criticized you, when you pulled away, every time you sin, Jesus goes, hey, now just confess your sin to me and I'm faithful and just. I will forgive you of everything you've ever done and I'll cleanse you from that unrighteousness. I will cleanse you and make you unoffendable. So let's take and let's drink and remember that every sin we've done is forgiven by Jesus. And this is the power to forgive others who offend us. Let's take it. Lord Jesus, we worship you. That's why we're here. You are the unoffendable man. You are the superpower of humility. You are the essence of being submissive and blessing when we don't deserve it. You are merciful and you are gracious. And so we entrust our lives to you. Take us, these easily offended people. Take us, God, even as we worship you now. And take our lives, take our sin, cleanse us from it, and empower us with your Holy Spirit that we might be your glory of being unoffendable to this world. And we ask for it in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together and let's sing our following song.